Good evening, my fellow goblins and goblets, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcast, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and I hope everybody is enjoying their Halloween festive October. I am having a ball. Tomorrow I am going to see Saw Part 250, but I love Carnage. What can I say? Tonight's episode is entitled In the Company of Wolves. And both shows will make you howl. Get it? Werewolves? How? Anyway, <laughs> without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two radio series highlighted tonight are Weird Circle and Dark Fantasy. Our first radio play is The Werewolf. And this was first broadcasted on The Weird Circle, May 7th, 1944. Following that is the radio play W is for Werewolf. And this was first broadcasted on Dark Fantasy, February 13th, 1942. Now, you all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to their werewolf, followed by W is for Werewolf. Can the dead return to life? Listen to the weird circle. at the Ogden's Playhouse. Tonight, we are to hear a radio adaptation of the Frederick Marriott story, The Werewolf. There's an eerie and unusual atmosphere to this story which makes it a good choice for this Weird Circle series. It's a story that recommends itself for good listening. In its own field, Ogden's Fine Cut Tobacco is the recommended choice for good smoking when rolling your own cigarettes. There's no substitute for quality. That's why Ogden's wins consistent top preference. Ogden's is the choice of smokers who demand the best. Try a package. You'll find Ogden's easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, easy to roll, delightful to smoke. And now our story, The Werewolf by Frederick Marriott. Phantoms of a world gone 
one buys Peter Gandhi the immortal tale, The Werewolf. by the time I got him to the hospital. It was brain fever. How's the boy? Poor little lad. He says they walked all the way from the Hartz Mountains. And he's only 11. He was starved. Ate his supper as if he'd never seen food. There's tragedy back of all this, good wife. When the boy stopped me on the road and asked for help, there was terror in his eyes. Quiet, boy, quiet. Nothing to fear. You are safe here by the sea. There are no wolves here. Just lie quietly, boy. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. By what name are you called? Herman. Herman Pants. Well, Herman, I'm afraid I have sad news for you. My... Father is dead? Yes. That is not sad news. I thank heaven. What? Why? Because... Because my father is free of the evil one and his curse. Now there's only me. But I must go. I must hurry. I must get far away from the forest and the mountains. Now lie back, child. Wait a bit. There are no mountains or forests here. Only the calm sea. What do you fear, Herman? Let me sit beside you. Don't be afraid. You... You kissed me. Is that so strange? Well, it is very strange. You're kind and good, and, and yet you are a woman. Poor motherless little one. Oh, I might help you lose some of your fears, boy, if you told us something about yourself. You were born in the Hartz Mountains? No, my dear. We lived in Hungary on the state of a great noble. My father was steward. And what about your mother? She ran away from us when we were very small. My brother Caesar said it was because of her that my father killed his noble lord. Oh, I see. Now go on with your tale. Father took all the money we owned and put us in the sleigh. We drove fast and far until we were out of Hungary. Then he bought a cottage among the tall firs... Deep in the Hartz Mountains. And there we grew up. Your brother and you. And our little sister, Marcella. We loved her very much. Weren't you very lonely? The winters were long and dark. Father went hunting every day, but shut us indoors for safety from the wolves. He also forbade us to light the fire, so we used to creep under heaps of bear skins to keep warm. We'd talk of that happy time when, when the snow would melt, the leaves burst out, the birds sing again... And we could go outdoors and play in our garden. Oh, a sad life for children. No, not sad. We were happy with each other, we three. Until... Yes, Herman, until... 
The howl of wolf. My father had come from his hunting and had kindled a fire. And we were sitting around it when suddenly a wolf howled close under the window. My father seized his gun, looked to the priming, and ran out, shutting the door behind him. We waited hours. And it was nearly midnight when my brother Caesar went to the door. I've heard no report of a gun. Father must have chased the wolf a long way. Or else... Oh, no. Father's all right, Marcella. I will look out and see if he's coming. Take care, Caesar. The wolves may be close and we cannot kill them. I'll be careful. Hmm. I see nothing but moonlight and snow. Come in, Caesar. Father will come when he can. I'm hungry. We've had no supper, but we'll be punished if we do not wait. Father will be glad to have food ready. Let's cook it for him and for ourselves. Very well. I'll get down some venison. But, Marcella, can you dress it? Surely. Haven't I often helped Father? Get the iron pot, Herman. There. I've cut off lots of slices. Now, put the fat in the pot. Oh, be careful of the fire, little sister. Look out the window, Herman. Someone's coming. It's Father. And there's a man with him leading a horse. Yes, and there's a lady in the saddle. See how the moon shines on her white face and that lovely flaxen hair. I'm frightened. Why, Sister Darling? She's beautiful. Hola! Hola! Caesar, open the door! We have guests! Enter, good sir. I have little to offer, but you and your daughter are welcome. Friend Hunter, it was good fortune for us that you were out so late. We had ridden far in fear of our lives. And we would have died of cold and hunger in those mountains had you not heard our horn and saved it. Come, mistress. Seat yourself by the fire. The warmth is pleasant. And the smell of food is pleasanter still. You have young cooks here, mine herr. <laughs> yes, these are my children. Caesar, Herman, and Marcella. Welcome, sir. We have supper already, Father. Before I eat, I must put up my horse. Oh, I will take care of him. Let me go with you. Oh, you needn't trouble. But if you like, come along. I have a shed outside. What fine boys you are. Come close to me. Mmm, good strong arm. Sturdy shoulder. Why do you tremble, lad? You're so white and shining. There's no reason to fear me. You're a stranger. I'm not strange. We should be friends, hmm? But where's the little girl? She's afraid. I think she's hidden herself in bed. Gone to bed without any supper? <laughs> She must have been a bad little girl. She's not bad, lady. No, she's good. <laughs> you say you were lured away by a large white wolf which howled at his very window? Yes, I saw it about 30 yards off. The animal retreated slowly and I followed. I didn't like to fire until I was sure that my shot would take effect. A white wolf? Of course you were anxious to shoot such a very rare animal. The wolf would leave me far behind, then stop and snarl defiance at me. Then start off at speed again as I neared it. It led me further and further up the mountain to an open space in the forest. There it stopped and growled. I raised my gun to shoot when suddenly the wolf disappeared. Disappeared? How strange. I thought the moonlight on the snow was playing me some trick. But no, she was gone. And that's when I heard your horn. The creature passed us just as we came out of the woods into that glade. I nearly shot it myself. But since she led you to our rescue, I'm glad I let the wolf escape. Father, that open glade is the home of the evil ones. Evil ones? 
What does the boy mean? Oh, superstition has it that strange and wicked beings haunt these mountains. Oh, I must hear more of these legends. Evil spirits interest me. Well, I confess I was glad to see that you were mortal. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter Christine and I are just creatures of flesh and blood. <laughs> yes, I assure you, I'm only a woman with very human appetites. And right now, I, I have a great desire for sleep. My father made room for all of us, and we crept into our beds. But we couldn't sleep. Father and the strange hunter sat up all night before the fire, drinking and talking. Our ears were ready to catch the slightest whisper. You say you come from Hungary? Even so, mein Herr. I served a noble house, but my master was cruel. It ended in my giving him a few inches of my hunting knife. So we fled for our lives. Well, we are countrymen, then, and brothers in misfortune. I, too, have fled for my life. Your name, man? Krantz. What? Krantz? I, I have heard your story. I am your kinsman, Wilfred of Bonsdorf. Well, a toast, then, to welcome you, cousin. You and your daughter must stay here as long as you choose. So the huntsman and his daughter, Christine, stayed on in the cottage... The two men hunted each day, and Christine stayed with us and did the household duties. Father was becoming very attentive to Christine. They would often sit up at night talking in low tones before the fire. Then, several weeks later, we learned that Father had asked Christine in marriage. You may take my child, Grunts, and my blessing with her. I will duly value her. There is no priest in this wild country. Well, there must be some ceremony between you to satisfy your father. Will you? Will you both consent that I marry you after my own fashion? I will. I will. Then take her by the hand and swear. I swear. By all the spirits of the heart's mountain. Nay. Nay, why not by heaven? Because it is not my humor. Surely you will not thwart me. Yes, but... Why swear by that in which I do not believe? Father, no, please don't marry her. Be still, Marcella. This is scarcely any affair of yours, child. Well, will you be married, or shall I take my daughter away with me? Proceed. Here is the oath, read out on this parchment. Read it. And swear. By all the spirits of the heart's mountains, I take Christine for my wedded wife. I will ever cherish and love her. My hand shall never be raised to harm her. And if I fail in this my vow, may all the vengeance of the spirits fall upon me and upon my children. May they perish by the vulture or by the beasts of the forest. Why, why this is horrible. I, I can't... Swear, swear. Oh, all this I, I swear. Strange behavior from your children, my husband, on our wedding night. Stop crying, Marcella. I'm sorry, Christine. Never mind, my dear husband. I'm not angry. But from now on, the children are my concern. They shall obey me. And I shall love the little darlings. Friends, 
The legend of the werewolf is one that has lived a long time in the pages of classical folklore. Many of you are familiar with the legend, and no doubt many of you have a preconceived idea of what comprises the climax to tonight's Weird Circle story. Roll your own cigarette smokers everywhere know that there isn't any legend to the story of smoking satisfaction when your choice of tobacco is Ogden's Fine Cut. And you know what to expect every time you light a cigarette roll with Ogden's. You're certain there can be only one result. Complete smoking enjoyment. There's a smooth goodness to Ogden's, a distinctive taste and uniform quality that makes Ogden's, O-G-D-E-N apostrophe S, Ogden's Fine Cut Tobacco, the leading choice of people everywhere, discerning roll-your-own cigarette smokers who insist on the very best. Try Ogden's and you're sure of top-flight smoking satisfaction. You'll agree that Ogden's is easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, easy to roll, delightful to smoke. And now back to our story. Krantz, a fugitive from Hungarian cruelty, had fled with his small children, Caesar, Herman, and Marcella, to a rude hut deep in the Hartz Mountains. One winter night, while pursuing a white wolf, Krantz is hailed by a stranger and his beautiful daughter, Christine, who were lost in the mountains. He invites them to his humble home, and being glad for the good company he thinks they will be, he begs them to stay on as his guests for as long as they choose. In the days that follow, Krantz falls in love with the beautiful Christine, and though his little daughter cries out in fearful premonition of things to come, he marries her in a strange pagan ceremony. The next morning, Wilfred the hunter mounted his horse and rode away. Things went on much as before the marriage, except that Christine showed us no kindness now. She often struck us and took special pleasure in ill-treating Marcella. One night, my little sister shook us as we slept. Wake up, brother. Wake up, Herman. What's the matter, Marcella? She's gone out. Gone out? Yes, in her night clothes. I saw her get out of bed. Then she looked at Father to make sure he still was asleep. Then she went out the door. A wolf. She'll be torn to pieces. Oh, no. Much as I hate her, that would be too horrible. Well, what can have made her go out all undressed in the deep snow? She's strange. She's dreadful. Her eyes flash fire when they look at me. Her teeth are like an animal. She certainly eats queerly. Have you noticed she doesn't like to sit at the table? While getting supper, I've seen her tear in a piece of meat that wasn't even cooked. Here she is in the firelight. She's in her white nightdress. Washing her face and hands in the water pail. Father hasn't even waked up. Shh. She's going back to bed. We might as well go to sleep now. But we'll watch again tomorrow night. The next night and every night, our stepmother rose from bed and left the cottage. And every night, the wolf howled under our windows. And always on her return, Christine washed herself, then crept back to bed. And always, my father slept soundly. Well, the time came when my brother could stand it no longer. Caesar, why have you come to bed all fully dressed? I'm going to find out about these midnight walks. You'll tell Father? Not until I know where she goes and what she does. Caesar, you don't mean that you... Yes, tonight I'm going to follow her. No, Caesar, please don't. Please don't. I'm afraid. I know you're brave, but 
I wish you wouldn't go, brother. I'm going now. There's no use talking. She's getting up now. Quiet, you two. There she goes to the door. Be careful, Caesar. Be careful. all over. I wonder how long we'll have to wait. A shot. Father was sure he'd wait now and find out about her. No. Listen. He's still asleep. Someone's coming. Oh, I hope. Uh, it's not Caesar. It's Christine. Shh. Look at her. Marcella. Her dress is all covered with blood. Now, what's she doing? Who's there? Lie still, dearest. It's only me. Oh. I'm just relighting the fire to warm some water. Hurry back, Christine Lyne. You should be asleep at this time of night. We watched our stepmother change her linen and burn the garments. Her leg was bleeding. She bandaged it and sat before the fire. But where was Caesar? And how did Christine get the wound and less from his gun? Trembling in our bed, we waited. Waited till dawn. Father awoke. Father! Well, what is it, Herman? Father, where is my brother Caesar? But what do you mean, son? Oh, he went out in the night. Marcella and I waited for him. He's not come back. Merciful heaven. I was restless last night and thought I heard someone lift the latch. Dear me, husband, what has become of your gun? My gun? But, great heaven, it's gone. Caesar took it. Herman, get me the broad axe. I'm going to find Caesar. will not help. Here comes your father now. Father. Oh, father's getting Caesar torn to pieces. Oh. Clear the table. There. The body of my oldest son. Husband, your boy must have taken the gun to shoot a wolf. The animal must have been too powerful for him. Poor boy. At that terrible moment, I wanted to tell Father all we knew, but Marcella held my arm and looked so imploringly at me that I kept silent. She and I were sure that Christine had some connection with our brother's death. Father dug a grave and piled stones on it. And for days, he, he just sat and stared at the fire, mourning for Caesar. Our stepmother's wanderings continued. One day, Father again took down his gun to go hunting, but soon returned. Would you believe it, Christine? The wolves, addition to the whole breed, have dug up the body of my poor boy. And there's nothing left of him but bones. In Indeed. Then you must build a new grave. Father, a wolf howls under our window every night. Well, what? Why didn't you tell me? Wake me the next time you hear it. 
I'll get that wolf. Have you not yet learned that it is safest to leave wolves alone? Why, Christine, your eyes are wild and, and you're almost snarling at me. But I'm so afraid for you, dear husband. We never heard the wolf howl under our window again. Oh, and when at last spring came, and I helped my father with our small farm, Marcella was always with us, for we couldn't bear to have her out of our sight. Our stepmother stopped going out on her nightly rambles. One day, she came out to us and said she was going to collect some herbs father wanted, and that Marcella must go to the cottage to watch the dinner. Well, Marcella obeyed, and we saw my stepmother disappear into the forest in the opposite direction, so felt no danger for my little sister. But about an hour later... Marcella! She's by herself! Run, Herman, run! Good heaven. Look, the white wolf. Breaking out of our cottage. Sure, Father. I have no gun. We're too late. It's gone. Oh. Oh, my little Marcella. The wolf has hurt her terribly. She's bleeding, Father. She's dying. Marcella. Marcella, my darling. Speak to me. Been that great white wolf which passed me just now and frightened me so. She's quite dead. Oh, my poor husband. How horrible. How horrible. We dug a grave for my darling little sister and did everything we could to protect it against wolves. Oh, I was alone now. So, so awfully alone. But no longer afraid of my stepmother. My heart was full of hate and revenge. That very night, I saw Christine get up and go out of the cottage. I dressed quickly and half opened the door. The moon was very bright, and I could see Marcella's grave. But I saw something else. Something so horrible that I turned cold in my heart and ran to wake my father. Father! Father, get up and dress. Hurry! Uh, what? The wolves again? I'll be right there. Get my gun. I, I have it, Father. Come. Herman, stop. Who is that crouching on Marcella's grave? Christine. Yes, in her white nightdress. She's digging with her hands. She's throwing the stones behind her. Her, her face is as cruel as a wild beast. Oh, oh she's destroying Marcella's grave. Your grandfather, shield. Yes, my son, yes. Pray that my hand holds steady. Heaven forgive me. I have killed my beautiful Christine. No. No, look, Father. The body on Marcella's grave. The body you've killed is, is not my stepmother. It's not Christine. No. No, it's the white wolf. The white wolf which lured me into the forest. The white wolf that killed my children. Oh, I... I see it all now. My oath. My oath to the spirits of I the Hearts Mountains. of the Hearts Mountains. I take Christine for my wedded wife. I will ever cherish and love her. 
My hand shall never be raised to harm her. And if I fail in this, my vow, may all the vengeance of the spirits fall upon me and upon my children. May they perish by the vulture or by the beasts of the forest. <laughs> Poor fool mortal who had a werewolf. <laughs> Your beautiful Christine, a werewolf. A werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> stop, demon, stop. I shall go mad. <laughs> Come, my son, my little Herman. You at least may escape this awful curse. We must flee for our lives. Away from these evil forests to the sea. There you'll be safe, my son. There you will be safe. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought you the werewolf. Bellkeeper, hold the Another Weird Circle presentation of the Ogden's Playhouse next week at this same time. This is your invitation to join our story circle for a half hour of unusual radio entertainment. Meanwhile, remember the name Ogden's when in need of a cigarette tobacco. It's a name you won't forget after trying a cigarette roll with this choice tobacco. Men who know a quality smoke prefer Ogden's. You too will prefer Ogden's after tasting its unequaled goodness. You'll find Ogden's easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Next week at this time, another Weird Circle story, The Old Nurse's Tale by Elizabeth Gaskell. Be sure to listen. If you smoke a pipe, try Ogden's Cut Plug. It's a rich, smooth pipe tobacco.
Hey, Bill. Bill Andrews, you old pill roller. <laughs> Golly, am I glad to see you. Well, Jim Howard, welcome to Cape Howe. You're just the medicine the doctor ordered. <laughs> and you're the doctor. How are you, Bill? Never better. Say, am I glad to shake hands with you again. You're the same old Jim. Five years haven't changed you a single bit. Well, I'm sorry. I can't say the same thing about you. You look tired, almost sick. I say you aren't ill, are you? Ill? Oh, no. No, I've just been working hard. Not much sleep lately. Come on, I've got a wagon waiting right over here. Wagon? Sure, nothing fancy about us. We'll take the wagon to the boat landing, and then we'll row over to my island. Uh, uh, Say, now, wait a minute, Bill. Are you trying to rib me? What what do you mean, your island? Oh, didn't I tell you? I I haven't lived in Cape Howell for three years. I, well, I, I find it more pleasant and comfortable out on the island. But what island? Boats around here have another name for it. But don't mind them if you hear it. I call it a chape. Hmm. Uh, say that again, Bill. A chape. Uh, well, what's that? Scandinavian or Esperanto? French. Come on. Here's the wagon over here. Young John's waiting on the boat landing. Why oh, say, how is young John? Jim, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about him. He's having trouble with his studies. Doesn't seem to like boats and hates company. Well, I'd say he's more lonesome than anything else. It's more than lonesomeness, Bill. Ever since Bill Jr. died, he he hasn't been the same. Angela and I were sorry to hear about Bill Jr. It's pretty sudden, wasn't it? Yes, pretty sudden. That's the way it is in this country, though. So much fever, so few conveniences. Oh, by the way, you say Angela and the child will be along in a few days? Oh, yes. You got my wire? Got it yesterday. I didn't know your sister lived at Lowston. Oh, yes, she has for years. Angela wants to visit about a week, and then she'll come on down here to Cape Howe by steamer. Oh, incidentally, old man, do you think this country's all right for the baby? Had her shots, has she? Oh, yes. Yes, I did everything you suggested in your letter. You know, that letter you wrote almost scared Angela out of coming. <laughs> she said if it's that dangerous here, she doesn't think we should risk the child's life by bringing her here. Well, there's no danger at all if the child's been inoculated against the three diseases I mentioned. Well, I took care of that all right. You're sure there's no other danger? I've taken care of any other danger there might be. Hmm? What do you mean? Just that. There's nothing in the world for your Angela to worry about. Please believe me, Jane. All right, old man, all right. Angela and I are on the first vacation we've had since we've been married. And believe you me, we're here to make the best of it. <laughs> Good, that's fine. Come on, the, the wagon's waiting, see? Right over there. Fine country, eh, what, Jim? Oh, marvelous. We've enjoyed the whole trip so far. Didn't even get seasick on the way across. Not even the baby. And she only a year old. And say I'm anxious to see that girl. How come you named her Sandra? Oh, that's one of Angela's favorite names. Pretty name, I like it. Oh, this is the blamedest means of transportation I've ever had to endure. I thought you would at least have your own limousine. No, Jim. I haven't been doing so well lately. I hope you'll be able to put up with what I have to offer you on the island. Rough and rugged, is it? Quite. I built the cabin myself. It's not much, but it's comfortable. Oh, by the way, did you bring the books I wrote you about? Books? 
Oh, yes, they're in the trunk. Oh, good. I must say, that's the strangest collection of books I've ever heard of. What kind of experimenting are you doing on that island anyway? It's pretty serious, Jim, I assure you. Well, it must be. I read your books on the way across. You you did? Yes, indeed. Dr. Helgen Woodward's book on lycanthropy and Henry Joseph McClure's pamphlet on the disease Lumpus vulgaris and Guy Ender's story, Werewolf of Paris, and two other books on werewolves. Can't for the life of me imagine, Andrews, what you want with books like that out here in this wilderness. All right, Jim, here we are. Oh, John, here's Jim Howard. You remember Mr. Howard, don't you, Johnny? Well, sure he does. How are you, John, old boy? All right. Glad to see you, sir. Hey, where's that old smile I used to see? Here, let me shake your hand. No, sir. I don't want to shake hands. Oh, come on now. We're old friends, aren't we? No, Mr. Hallett. Oh, I say. Now... Jim, just a minute. Let go, Mr. Hallett. There. Jim. Oh, there now. Shake just like old friends. Let go. Let go my hands. Let go, Jim. Please. I say. The boy's handbill. Come on, Jim. Into the boat with you. Come along, Johnny. Johnny, get into the boat, son. Yes, sir. Come along, Jim. All right, I'm... I'm shoving off. All right, Johnny. You want to take the oars for the exercise, or you want me to row? Well, son? I told him not to shake my hand. I told him, didn't I? Johnny. Can I help it? Is it my fault if my hand's all... Johnny! You want to row or not? Yes, sir. I'll row. Okay, son. Hop to it. Johnny. Uh... Sonny. If I did something... Come on. Down to the other end of the boat, will you? Here. Sit here. I see, Andrews. That boy's hand. Quiet. He's, he's upset enough. But Bill, the palm of Johnny's hand... Good Lord, man. It's all covered with a thick growth of hair. Okay, Jim. This is your room. Hmm. Say, this is fine. You say you built this yourself, Bill? Yep. Every bit of it. How do you like my island? Oh, I think it's perfect, but uh, pretty inconvenient. Oh, I don't mind. Sorry we had to arrive here so late. I'll show you around in the morning. Yes, I'm anxious to see the rest of your place, Bill. I want to talk to you more about your work. Yes, of course. Tomorrow. It's pretty late now. Yes, it is late. No, I'm, I'm afraid I rather bored you, old man, with my chatter at the dinner table. Oh, Jim, you heathen. You've never bored me a minute in all the time I've known you. <laughs> oh, that man Rayfield of yours is certainly an excellent cook. Yes. He's an excellent tutor for young Johnny, too. You'll find him quite helpful if you want anything. Fine. Oh, by the way, the people in this part are a superstitious lot, Jim. Don't let them bother you with any of their nonsense. Nonsense? Yes. Yeah, silly rot about... Well, uh, things in the night. What thing? 
Oh, there's nothing, of course. But they take all sorts of means to ward off, well, the evil spirits. Oh, oh, oh I see. Here, I'll, I'll set this charm here on your desk. You won't be using the desk. Charm? Or... What charm? Well, it's just a simple thing that the people hereabouts always insist on putting in the room in which a person sleeps. Here, these three bits of green twigs, two of them standing upright like this. There we have it. Hey, what is this? One cross piece on the uprights like this. Then a lakeshore pebble. This little bit of charred wood. There you are. <laughs> now you're, you're fully protected. Protected <laughs> against what? Why, those evil spirits I was telling you about. And now just forget about them, Jim. I just put the charm here in case Raphael comes in. He's very superstitious, and he'll never rest until he's made a charm for you himself. <laughs> well, all right, but I still... Now, just forget all about it. Just a whim of Raphael's. Good night, Jim. Night, old man. See you in the morning. Right. Right and early. You need a spare bracket. There's one in the closet there. Right, Bill. Good night. Pleasant dreams. Hmm. A whim of Raphael's, huh? Three bits of green twig, lakeshore pebble, and a piece of charred wood. Hmm. That's a strange combination. To ward off evil spirits, so Bill claims. But what evil spirits? Great horn toads, what's that? What in the world is that? Bill! Bill, I say, Bill, what's that howling? It is nothing, Mr. Huh? Oh, you, Raphael. Nothing but a wild animal. Howling in the night. What? That sounded like a wolf. <clears throat> wolf, Mr. Yes. It couldn't have been a wolf. There are no such animals in this country, you know. I know that, but... There. You hear it? It... it... It will be all right, sir. Did Mr. Andrews give you the charm? Charm? Oh, yes, the charm. It will go, thank you, sir, from anything. Wait a minute, Raphael, don't go. Just what is this thing I'm being protected from? Oh, nothing. Nothing, sir, nothing at all. People around these parts... I'm curious about this all. Superstitious, you know, and all that sort of thing. So we humor me by always keeping a charm in the sleeping rooms of our homes. Yes, but I don't see why you should worry about humoring anybody. Way out here alone like this on this well, island. Well, sir, it is just a habit of Mr. Andrews. But he said it was you he was satisfying by placing the charm in my bedroom. Yes, sir. That is, well, what, what I mean, sir, I'll best be going. Young Johnny isn't feeling so well tonight. I hope you sleep good, Mr. Howard. And don't worry about the howling. Nothing will harm you. Hmm. 
Don't worry about the howling. That's strange. That howl's coming from the east wing of this cabin. Right over there. By George, I'm going to skirt this place and have a look. Uh, quiet now. Not a sound. A light just went on in that room the sound's coming from. That window's heavily barred. And the window glass is frosted and curtained so no one can see inside. The howl is coming from inside that room. Here's the door to the place. Oh, Bill. Bill, are you in there? Bill. Some animal in there, all right. Bill. Andrews, are you in there? Whatever it is, it's trying to get out. Bill. Bill, are you all right? Are you in there, old man? Bill, are you in there? Bill! Yes, Jim? What is it? I, I just wondered if you were all right. I heard that animal howling, and I thought that... Animal? What animal, Jim? Don't tell me you didn't hear it. <laughs> you weren't by any chance dreaming already, were you, old boy? But the howling came from inside that room. Say you have been hearing things. I certainly have. Just before you opened the door, I heard an animal sniffing and whining and scratching at the door. Oh, now, Jim. A joke's a joke. But I'm not joking. Well, come on inside and look for yourself, then. Does anybody use this room? Certainly, it's young Johnny's. He and Bill Jr. had the room together before... before we lost Bill Jr. Bill... I'd swear there was an animal in here a moment ago. <laughs> Normally, Jim, I'd be a little confused by what you're saying. Well, the long trip, worry about your baby daughter. Look, look, there on the door. Long, deep scratches, like an animal's nails would make. Oh, oh those. Jim, those marks are ancient. The boys used to own a collie dog. We don't have him anymore. We used to shut him up in here sometimes, and he'd scratch on the door for someone to let him out. Now, what's this? Bill, what is this? A long, heavy chain. Securely fastened to the metal bedpost. And a huge leather collar on the other end. Yes. That was the collar's chain and collar. We, well, we've never removed it from the bed. We chain the dog here at night to protect the boy. But look here. Fresh blood stains on the collar. And little wisps of grayish fur. Jim, forget it. Those stains aren't fresh. That dog hair has probably been there for ages. Yeah. I suppose so. But why the bars on the windows, Andrew? Just a protection for the children. Well, come on in the living room, old man, and let me get you a drink. Call it a night, shall we? Yes. So I suppose we'd better. Maybe a little sleep will do everybody a lot of good. Angela, I can't tell you how happy I am to have you and Jim here to visit me. Oh, we've looked forward to this for six months, Bill. I envy Jim for having a week's head start on me. <laughs> oh, we really like it here, Bill. Uh, baby asleep, dear? Yes. And it's time we had some rest, too. And that's my hint to clear out. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm going over to the mainland. I'll be back by morning. Anything wrong, Bill? Oh, no, not a thing. Jim, may I ask a favor? Certainly. That watch charm you're wearing. Solid silver, isn't it? 
Why, yes, it is. Do you think you could give it to me? Give it to you? Why, of course. I have a very special reason for wanting it. I wouldn't ask for it if I didn't have. There you are. Thanks, old man. I... I hope I can return it to you. Well, good night. See you tomorrow. Good night, Bill. Jim, why does Bill act so strangely? I... I don't know, dear. Hmm. I wonder why he wanted that silver watch charm. Odd. Oh, oh, by the way, you said you had that wire for me. Oh, yes. It's here in my purse. I'll get it for you. Would you cover Sandra, dear? She's kicked her blanket off. Oh, sure. Here you are, darling. Thanks. I say, Angela. Yes, dear? Listen. In answer to your cable... I have been able to learn that the grandfather of William J. Andrews was shot in France almost half a century ago by an angered mob. His grave was recently opened. And instead of the remains of a man, investigators found the almost perfectly intact body of a strange beast, somewhat resembling a wolf. Jim... No. Just what oh. oh, Jim, what's that? Something's wrong. Come on, hurry. Oh, look. Look down the doorway of that room with the bars at the windows. Some animal running out there near the edge. Jim. I hit that creature three times. I couldn't have missed him. And yet the bullets didn't even slow him down. Oh, Jim. There's the doorway. It's Rafael. Look at him. Oh, his throat. Only an animal could have done a thing like that. Where's young Johnny? Look, Jim. That heavy chain hanging from the bedpost. The collar's gone. Chain snapped right in two. Angela. You and I have a job to do. I... I hate to ask you to do this, but... I think you've got the courage. To do what, dear? Come along with me. You will see. You're about ready to get the lid off the box now? Oh. Steady, Angela. Steady. Oh, this thing's terrible. Desecrating Bill Jr.'s grave like this. Digging up the casket. If I'm wrong about this, well, we see. Hand me that bar. That's it. Now, hold the light over here now, Angela. Just another nail or two. Jim. Just exactly what I thought. That's not a boy's body in that casket. Look. Woolly fur all over it. And that head and face. Like a dog's. Like a wolf's. Oh, Jim. Young Bill Jr. died. A wolf. 
His great-grandfather before him had the same disease. That's why Bill Jr. died so mysteriously. That's why Andrews had to leave the mainland to move out here. And all the while, he's been studying, trying to effect a cure. The hair on the palms of young Johnny's hands. Not wanting me to shake hands with him. Now I see why Bill was so insistent about the charm of twigs, stone, charcoal. My watch charm. A silver bullet. Jim. That howled again. That's coming from our room, Jim. Come on, hurry. Hurry. Look, there's no light in the room. We left it on, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Oh, Jim, hurry. There. The light went on. Look out there. Let me in there. Oh, locked. This door's locked. Who's in there? Open this door. Open up. Oh, Jim. She has... Open up this door. Open up, I say. Everything's finished now. Young Johnny is dead. Scott Bishop's 13th original tale of dark fantasy. W is for Werewolf. Ben Morris was heard tonight as Jim Howard. Garland Moss was Bill Andrews. Eleanor Naylor Corrin took the part of Angela Howard. Fred Wayne was Raphael. And Don Stoltz played young Johnny. Next Friday night at the same time, Listen to the 14th in this series of dark fantasy dramas. An intriguing, exciting story called A Delicate Case of Murder. Written by Scott Bishop. A strange, weird tale of a spiritualistic medium who suddenly finds herself in the midst of a vicious and well-planned murder plot with herself the victim. Murder and fantasy combined to produce one of the most eerie adventures you have ever heard in A Delicate Case of Murder. Tom Paxton speaking. Dark Fantasy comes to you each Friday night from WKY, Oklahoma City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970 or you can find me on Instagram at radio show nerd. 
I do have an email, but for some reason, Gmail is annoying me and no one can get through. So until I get that fixed, I will not be giving out my email address. I also have a YouTube page, Terra Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe, like, and share the videos. Will be highly appreciated. Next week, I have many surprises for you because Halloween is a coming. <laughs> Again, this is your host, Keith, aka the Radio Show Nerd, signing off. <laughs>